1: Well, it's Monday again already. Welcome to the Full Throttle podcast from Eurosport. I'm in the commentary box here alongside James Whittem after commentating on Aragon World Superbikes. I've just kicked and nearly knocked over the dividing partition that's been between us all weekend long due to COVID restrictions. So, wet a bit ironic, really, that it's been there to protect us and I've just nearly kicked it over and it would have landed straight on your head.
0: Yeah. Uh, no, nah, hey, hey, listen, if this is the worst we've got to put up with to get some racing back, you know, I'm fine with that. And it means I see a little bit less of your uh, face,
1: so <laughs> all the better. <laughs> it is transparent. Of course, Greg Hayes here alongside Whit. Where do we start then? Because obviously we're going to look ahead to the Tell Well round and Silverstone BSB, but let's get uh, through Aragon World Superbikes first of all. If anyone didn't believe it was Ray versus Reading this year, they're going to have to believe it now, aren't they?
0: Uh, well, we didn't know before this weekend. Now we are fairly sure that that's uh, the two riders it's going to come down to. You never can tell we saw an amazing season last season where we had a 125-point uh, swing in the middle of the season in favour of Jonathan Ray from Alvaro Bautista. Um, but, yeah, you, you've, you've got to think it's got to come down to just the fact that um, both Reading and Ray look like they're kind of safe and uh, able to, if not win, put a, a... You know, they're not going to drop out of that top three, are they? So, um, yeah, I, and for me... I've said it before and I'll keep saying it. Ray is going to be the man to beat over a season. Not because of his blinding speed at every single race meeting. He's not going to dominate every race meeting. But in the round, he always gets the best out of every situation. And uh, for me, over a season, that's a difficult kind of
1: thing to beat. And he never makes mistakes apart from this weekend. makes mistakes, yeah. Yeah, To this weekend. But 95th career win. And his reaction just showed how relieved and how delighted he was, didn't it, today?
0: Yeah, that was a hard win in, in uh, the the second feature race uh, this weekend. He, he had to work for it. Uh, Chas Davis, again, hampered himself uh, from the get-go, really, because he didn't qualify. Went ninth, uh, started ninth uh, for both the first races, uh, both the first feature race and... Uh, the Super Bowl race, uh, moved up a little bit, I think still second row though, he moved from the third row to the second row for yeah. the second feature race, and that's hard work, and and he did manage to come through, we enjoyed seeing him do that, uh, he's a rider who will take a few risks and get going, that's why we love to see him ride, but when he got to the back end of uh, Jonathan Ray, he said himself afterwards, he used a lot more tyre than Jonathan had had to do Uh, leading and setting his own pace, and he didn't really have anything left to go and challenge Jonathan last couple of laps. He got in front, Jonathan responded straight away, as Jonathan does. Uh, Jonathan rode really aggressively from that point on and got the win and stretched it out, in fact, on the last uh, lap. So, yeah, for me, the mistake or the problem that uh, Chas Davis has had and has had before uh, was not qualifying better. You know, one lap in qualifying can make a massive difference in your weekend.
1: I wanted to talk about that in the podcast today so so we can now. Um, otherwise, we're just repeating ourselves as to what we said on the telly in a way, aren't yeah. we? In terms of these starts then, um, because Chaz made a bad start, didn't he, in race two today, the second full-length race of the weekend. And like you say, he qualified poorly. So they at least they know where they need to improve. But can they... Can they go and test, do practice starts? I know they've, they're limited for actual days of testing. Yeah,
0: these bikes, um, these top bikes in World Superbike are all fitted with a form of launch control. Now, mm. this isn't a launch control where you just take your hands off anything, everything, press a button and the bike uh, delivers it on its own. So it's uh, not that sort of launch control really we used start. to see in Formula One where no, they just press a button that. and it goes. No, they, what they do is they press a button that limits the revs so they can hold the throttle flat out yep. uh, and then they can... Uh, uh, some of the bikes have a, a mechanism that doesn't allow the clutch to be kind of dumped and therefore get a wheelie. But nevertheless, it is still it's still to some extent the hands of the rider to get a good start. Some bikes are easier to start than others. Some have grabby clutches, some don't. Um, so starting is st- still a thing that's for the most part in the hands of the rider, uh, and uh, it's a thing that they can they can practice. You can go to an airfield or. You know, a proving ground, you can go to Bruntingthorpe or any airfield, any, any big flat piece of tarmac that's long enough to get into sort of third or fourth gear with these things. And uh, you can practice. And we always used to do. And I'm sure that Ducati are doing that with their boys. And I'm sure they all are because you can, a, a risk can be win or lost off the start. And, and to practice it and get it, even if they have full on launch control, to get to use that properly and get the best start, still a little bit of that will be in the hands of the, of the pilot. So they need to practice it.
1: People like Chaz David's a bit unlucky in a way that they've been racing at the height of Jonathan Ray's prowess because Chaz has finished on the top step of the podium 30 times. He's finished second in the World Championship three times, third another year. You know, he's a top, top superbike rider. Yeah, it's
0: like going back to uh, middle distance athletics uh, uh, 30 or 40 years ago. It was corn over and he, both of those uh and then cram at the end of their uh, yeah. both over in and coast career. Mm. All three of those would have made a lot more of their careers if the other two hadn't have been in there at the same time. You know, they could have they could have all three dominated the class if they'd have had the, the time alone in that class. Uh same thing. yeah, uh, yeah you yeah. but if you come across somebody who's as, as as brilliant and as dominant as Jonathan Ray's been, yeah, obviously that's gonna he's gonna <laughs> you somewhat in terms of uh, championships. And you'd have to think that with 30 wins in uh, superbikes bikes that at any other time that would have delivered Chas Davis a, a world championship, yeah.
1: Yeah. I know Jonathan Ray always relishes those wins that he really had to fight hard for and he's really been up against it. And the one he's always put at the top in recent years when he's been asked was that race at the Lausitz ring in 2016 in the rain when he was up against Tom Sykes and he'd had a crash first race after the problems he'd had at Laguna before the summer break and Jonathan always rated that as his best win. You have to think today as well is in his top five because he had to work so hard and he so nearly lost it didn't he? Yeah, they're all good Um, but today uh, he
0: had to work really quite hard uh, to win that second feature race and uh, it was uh, at a weekend when we didn't think it was going to be dominant, and it no, wasn't dominant, no. we thought that was going to be a Ducati circuit for a number of reasons. They've been dominant there before. Chaz has dominated there before. And we know the V4, uh, our Ducati is really quick down that long back straight. So yeah, for, for Jonathan Ray, you, you would assume that was one of the
1: sweetest wins because he had to work for it and they're always best. And even in race one on Saturday, Scott Redding beat Jonathan Ray in that one. But even then it wasn't an easy win for Reading on what we've always said no, it was Ducati track.
0: You, you've, you've got to take it after to, uh, to Scott Reading. He will dig. He, he, and he learns. Uh, they went for a slightly different tyre in the second feature race. Uh, and I, I don't really know why they did that. It's difficult uh, for me to make a judgment on that. I'm not criticising. They, they obviously had a reason for doing that. And that was the uh,
1: front tyre, wasn't it? Yeah, that's
0: a front tyre, different front tyre. Slightly harder front tyre. And it... For me, it didn't work for him. Um, His issues seemed to be pushing on into corners, not getting the bike turned. We saw the pass uh, that Vandermark made on uh, Scott Redding on that big, big right-hander where you can't really break and turn in individually. It's all in one. It's Mm. a really difficult Mm. piece of track is that. And um, I've got to say that Redding didn't seem to have the material to to do the job there. He seemed to be really struggling and uh, you've got to put that down to the different construction front tyre. Um, so maybe that was a mistake we're going to see next week uh, because in the first feature race um, Scott Redding was fantastic he didn't make the best start he hunted down Jonathan Ray and then made his move pulled away you don't get much better than that um, but he's a quick learner we've seen that is uh, Scott Redding uh, he did actually suss the tyre out by the end but it was uh, a little bit too late so I think we're going to see uh, Scott Redding bounce back uh, at Arrogant uh, next weekend I'm sure this, this
1: championship ain't over yet No way, no way this is going to go on and on, isn't it? We've got, as you say, Aragon this weekend, then two weeks after that, we'll have Barcelona two weeks after that, Magni Corps. Of course, Scott Redding doesn't know Magni Corps, so he really needs a nice handy advantage, really, if he can before he gets there. Yeah, he does. Uh, and I think Jonathan Ray, actually, looking at the testing in Barcelona, he's probably the guy to beat heading there. We'll see, won't we? And then Esther Rill's a bit of an unknown quantity for everybody. Yeah. Although Scott will know Esther Rill from his Grand Prix days. He will. Jonathan doesn't, does he? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be he, soaked. He's on a knife edge. Yeah, he, everything's sort of lining up at the minute yeah. for, for an exciting it's championship. Be great. And, you know, that's assuming it's all going to be dry weather races. We might get a bit of rain yeah, at some point. He went in Spain
0: and you would, yeah, you would assume this time of year in Spain, it's going to be
1: predominantly dry. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about hundred in a minute because they've had their first podium and it's come courtesy of Bautista. Interestingly, on a track where Bautista had a load of problems at the test in July and Haslam was looking more comfortable. But first of all, let's just talk about a few of the more disappointing results this weekend. Uh, for me, BMW, Alex Lowe's has had a tricky weekend and Yamaha as well. They've all been a bit off, colour, kind of, generally speaking.
0: Yeah, in general, Jama hasn't had the best weekend. Uh, flashes of brilliance by uh, van der Maa. Top rack never really got up and running, really, to his standards. And remember, this is a man uh, in top rack, Razgatlioglu, that we thought was going to be pushing for the championship. Faded somewhat Arrogant. Aragon. Uh, doesn't bode well for next weekend. We are mm. hearing he was, although he'd never admit that to us, it was a little bit off colour. I don't quite know what uh, the problem uh, was, but physically not feeling too yeah, well. A bit under the um, weather. Yeah, maybe that had a had a bit of a bearing. Um th- You know, all weekend, yeah, man, we're saying, yeah, we've made a breakthrough. We we found something. Uh Didn't really seem to translate that into success on
1: the track. Uh, and we um, haven't forgotten, of course. Yeah, I'm sorry to button, but obviously, Vandermeulen did have his podium, but it came. In the sprint race, didn't it? It didn't come in the eighteen lapper. It came in the ten lapper.
0: Yeah, it did, and and we know results are different in that generally. Uh, you know, not a massively bad weekend for Vandermark, but really not not for for, for Yamaha in general. Uh, not not a really successful weekend by their standards.
1: We know Tom Sykes is staying with BMW. So we're pleased about yep, that alongside yeah. VDM, isn't it? Next yep. year, uh, we'll see what Laverty does, but. Uh, BMW I, I think personally they're just looking to next year now they almost just want to get this year out of the way and yeah. this weekend was Paul from BA terrible,
0: terrible weekend for uh, for both uh, Laverty and Sykes uh, and for a lot of reasons a lot of technical issues brake failure we hear, we're hearing for uh, Laverty on the warm-up lap uh, yesterday he had to virtually just jump off the bike I'd lay the bike down not mm. such a fast crash but you don't need that <laughs> on, a, on a on a warm-up lap actually not warm-up lap it was the sighting lap yeah straight out uh, of the pits wasn't then it? he was uh, right doff- through penalty right through yeah. penalty because uh, he had a couple of people attending to the bike which he shouldn't have had that many on the grid to get him up and uh, the bike fit to run um, so yeah I really just a terrible weekend for BMW
1: in general yeah and Alex Lowe's weekend he was the other guy I mentioned before it all went wrong didn't it after that awful crash, which could have been appalling. It was bad enough on Saturday. It must have knocked his confidence. He'd been off it on the Friday as well. It just didn't click, did it, this weekend? It didn't. It looked like it was going to click
0: as well. Uh, Certainly, early on in the first feature race yesterday, he really looked like he had the pace. Honestly, he looked like one of the riders who could possibly push on and go with uh, Jonathan Ray early on, who was the the, the pace setter. Um, Didn't work out like that. Um, Yeah, the crash was horrendous. I mean, not in terms of the actual crash but the 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 possible consequences that thankfully didn't happen uh, were, were were really terrible he got the bike sliding early on in the corner and that is the only real way you can get these bikes sliding at the rear and high side now because if, if once you get going out the corner and accelerating and get the bike sat up a few degrees and on the fat part of the tire as we say although the contact patch is the same anyway uh, but once you get that back going then the traction control if it's working properly, it does its job and it'll prevent high side. That bike of Alex's, he got he cracked the throttle. The thing went mid-corner when you're at maximum lean. Therefore, it steps out really quick. He caught it. He held it. That meant that when it did go, uh, it was pushed round the corner and pointed him and fired him actually straight down the track. Uh, which meant riders were going either way of him. I think Rack was one of the ones that just avoided him on the opposite side to what everybody else did. Yeah, Toprac went one way, Ronaldo
1: went the other. It was yeah. Horrible. And
0: when when your backside touches the track with leathers on, you slow down really quick. It's like you know, it's the best material for slowing you down. But that means the difference in speed that you're doing slide on your backside and the bikes that accelerate out that corner behind you. Ugh. As massive, the difference is massive in speed, so yeah, really looking to avoid a, a
1: big incident there. It does not bear thinking about what no, could it happen there. And this is off the back of what happened in Austria, of course, with the Motor yeah, 2 accident,
0: yeah, and all that is gonna put um, poor old Alex on the back foot. Mm. Does he have the pace? Yeah, of course he does. We know how good Alex is, you know, he just um, a little bit of a bad runner, Aragon. Yeah,
1: have you ever had that where you're stuck in the middle of the track and the whole pack's going yeah, it's through. terrible. It's
0: honestly, it's really frightening, and you're fully aware of it. I've had a you're couple of times where in I'm the sliding of the down circuit. the track looking backwards at riders Ooh. sort of bearing down. Ooh. And I tell you what, when your head's at track height and you're bouncing along at, on the track and looking up at bikes that they seem sort of 20 feet tall yeah, yeah. and they seem to be going 200 miles an hour oh. quicker than you are. You know, I've been it a couple of times and you you really do not want, um, a, a, you know, 170 uh, kilogram with a rider on it, maybe, what, 250 kilogram
1: bike running over you. It ain't going to do you a lot of good. Oh, no, that's enough to give you a heart attack in itself, isn't it? That's horrible. Um, on a much better note, then, let's talk about Honda. They've done it. Um, Alvaro Batista has come, become the eighth podium finisher of the year already. We've only had 12 races, eight different podium finishers, only one podium finisher less than we had in the whole of last year. But more importantly for them, Honda are coming. And we knew they were. Despite a lack of testing, they're getting there, aren't they? Well, yeah, the the question, Mark, about Honda's
0: forays into world superbike over the last few years has been are they taking it seriously they're putting maximum effort into this because mm. there is no question uh that Honda if they put effort into something as a company and spend some money on it have the wherewithal to make a competitive bike we know that yeah there's no yeah. question of that it looks like in the new fireblade they've got a really good base uh bike uh, to work with it looks really quick we're here I've not been on one yet but we hear that the bike is Really strong engine-wise, but not, peak is not the right word, perhaps. Um Strong at the top end. he has got lots of top end, and that's making it difficult to get a tyre to both give the grip and the longevity you need for these kind of races. Uh, Bautista in the second feature race didn't have many problems, I don't think. The bike looked really good. Uh, and in fact, although he had his problems technically, he had quite a lot of technical problems, he's not going to tell me what the problems were, that's fair enough, Mm -hmm. he's a factory team, Uh, but uh, Leon hasn't had his problems, but, Still finished seventh in the second feature race and looked really good on the bike and forced his way to the front of that pack he was in. So yeah, very promising weekend for
1: Honda. Yeah, and Bautista was eighth in race one on Saturday and ended up crashing out at turn five, the left hander coming. But running strong, yeah. And some people in the paddock even said, "Then that's a shame because he was on good podium pace." Who 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 tipped him for a podium? Somebody did. Uh, Our colleague and friend Michael Hill tipped him for a podium. There you go. Well done, Michael. Well done, Michael. Yeah, Michael's predictions can be rather outlandish. They can be. um, Yeah, and his
0: fashion sense ain't much to go on, (laughs)
1: but he called that one right, didn't he? He did, to be fair to him. Yeah. He certainly did. Nice one, Brian, as we call him. Um, Yeah, well done, Honda, though. And by the way, just to clarify what I said with their lack of testing, I know they had a load of testing pre-season. They've been in Thailand and Japan and all sorts of secretive things. But what I mean is, since we've come back to racing, with all these high temperatures we've had at Jerez and Portimao, it's been tricky for them, and they can't test, obviously, on a race weekend. Uh, Bautista, incidentally, at that Aragon test, two weeks ago, nearly three weeks ago now, uh, saved one day, didn't he, James? He didn't do the Friday, so he saved his eighth and final day in yeah. the allocation yeah, so he can get another day in before the end of the season. That's it. What, what happens is once the season gets underway there,
0: and even before the season starts, this is an odd one because it's a different season uh, schedule-wise because of COVID, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but even on a normal season, there's testing breaks that you're not allowed to test anywhere. Mm. But actually, once the season starts, then they are limited to the amount of days that a team can test. And the reason for that is to save costs. You, can you imagine the amount that it costs to schlep off with two articulated wagons full of kit, full of new material, and have days and days testing When you've got circuit uh, hire, you've got wages to pay. It is horrendously uh, expensive to go and test. And if you're a less funded team, uh, well, that's going to make a massive difference because you ain't going to do as much testing because you're going to try and save a bit of money. So the organisers restrict testing that gives everybody, uh, it, it gives a fairer playing field, a more level playing field. So um, yeah, Bautista and the Honda team are, are kind of running out of their test days. It seems unfair when it's a new bike and they pretty much need more testing to do, but hey, it looked pretty good round here.
1: Yeah, um, we've been talking about that, haven't we? And we've had a few tweets in actually, Jim Witt69 and Greg Haynes TV. And while I'm at it actually, please subscribe to the podcast. If you can, we're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We're on the Eurosport website. Hopefully you're enjoying Full Throttle. Thanks for joining us. Um, but yeah, the, the COVID problem, it's affecting different teams in different ways. And a lot of people have been asking about this. Most of the independent private teams couldn't do that Aragon test, could they? For the reasons you've just been saying budget basically. Yeah. Testing costs a lot of money. Honestly. Yeah. Uh,
0: mm. I mean, even even back in my day, you know, I, I raced for a couple of factory teams at World Superbike level, yeah. Uh, and we had no testing restrictions then, and testing we did a horrendous amount of testing. God, I got bored of going round and round. Jonathan circuits. Ray doesn't really
1: like testing no, traditionally either. It's just
0: dull. Yeah. And and the thing is, you go to a circuit, you've got to push to near your limit and the bike's limit to actually test a part. No point putting a new set of forks on mm. and then going three seconds off the pace. Mm. Anybody can go around three seconds off the pace with any set of forks on so you've got to push on yeah. and that really knocks the poop out of you just every <laughs> single lap you've got to push and you've got a risk yeah. and you've got to go and you, you know regularly at a test you do between 100 and 120 laps a day that's a lot of laps around what is. Usually because you test, especially in winter, southern hemisphere, warmer circuits, Eastern Creek or Phillip Island or, or Suga in Japan or m Malaysia or one of these kind of places. It's red hot, you're dead you're dead sweater and it's hard work. And
1: you know, three day tests is bloody hard, I'll tell you. So you so you can get in you could get in four five race distances easily and uh, there's a lot of in and out laps as well aren't there I tell you what
0: this is what you do right don't tell anybody that I've said this Uh, oh no (laughs) yeah people are going to know what you do is you'd say oh yeah um, you know what takes what time to change on the bike so you know that uh, changing an engine takes quite a long time Mm. or uh, you know changing a a head angle a searing head angle takes Mm. quite a long time you're talking about over an hour yeah if you want a little break you go ah you know what I think that last uh, <laughs> that last steering head angle we tried was a little bit better. So that takes an hour. So you get an hour's break, right? So, what do so you do? go back you, to the you hotel. Go, you do three laps, and then you come in and say, "No, I was wrong."
1: it <laughs> <We laughs> <told then>, <laughs> back again. Hey, we
0: were at a place called Shah Alarm in uh, Malaysia, Malaysia. Yeah, near Kuala Lumpur. Yeah. And um, we were testing uh, with the factory 500 team. Actually, we were testing World Superbike uh, Suzuki's with the Harris team. Uh, a real factory team. It was big money team, was that? Uh, and it, oh, oh, God, it was hard work. It was like ninety-five percent humidity, fifty degrees. It that's was terrible. honestly that, was stifling for a bloke from Huddersfield. I and tell obviously you. you're
1: in leathers, yeah. And helmet, do you know what happened? Boots. The,
0: the, the whole circuit about two o'clock this afternoon, the third day, mm. it was attacked by monkeys. It was a monkey attack. <laughs> Can't believe it, right? What, really? Honestly, there was a tribe of. You're not think, is, me it, up.
1: is that the right word? Tribe. Tribe of monkeys. I don't think it is. I'm going to look for it while is it you're right? talking. I don't I'm going know to get on my phone and search for the, a yeah, group what's the collective of uh...
0: Uh, ape type
1: things. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. And uh, you know, I'm not a. No, it's one of the weird ones. I know this as well. It's not a murder monkey. It's something like a murder, a colony, so it's a murder of rooks. Uh, yeah, it's a colony. It might uh, be a colony. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to look for it now. The these monkeys
0: uh, kind of invaded the track and sat on the track and. <laughs> the, the marshals kept kind of showing them off and showing them off, and, and then they come back on another part of the track. So I
1: had to pack in. I thought, ah, good old monkeys there. <laughs> Give us uh, an early finish on day three. There's enough monkeys in the paddock as it is. Um, I've still not got there. I know there'll be people shouting at their phones and their TVs. We'll suss it matter, we'll, we'll out later. Move on. No, no, we've got to find it. Okay, um, right. this, this, I've got it now. Uh, did you say tribe? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Well, apparently the main one is troop. Oh, troop. But you can also say a barrel. A car load, a cart load, a tribe, but the main one is a troop of monkeys. Troop of monkeys. A troop of monkeys. Yeah, a troop of some kind of monkeys. Not massive, but not them little tiny ones. Mm, super were, trooper. I, yeah. I didn't so this weekend in this podcast and since practice commentary on Friday, we've talked about monkeys, meatballs, your breakfast, dry stone walling. Yep. Yeah. And a little bit about motorbikes. Now I'll tell you what, back to motorbikes. Uh,
0: just on a side note, if anybody's interested, which is probably not, I do a lot of bike restoration. and I do, I take in one or two bits and bobs for other people. Uh, we've got blasting equipment now at my place, so we can do vapor blasting and sand blasting and all these cleaning up type of, mm. uh, you know, restoring metal parts, if you like. Yeah. Uh, processes. Right. Uh, a mate of mine's got a really nice 1985 RS250 Honda race bike first over-the-counter race bike from Honda in a number of years it was, uh, probably 20 years since the 60s when you can buy the four-stroke over-the-counter race bikes from Honda. And what a beautiful job. I've done his engine up for him. Uh, we've blasted it all. We've rebuilt it from the inside out. It's got new pistons. Its uh, Parts have been out to source, but what a nice little gem. And if anybody's interested even further, there's two-stroke, obviously, yeah. and they employed Honda's own uh, exhaust uh, valve system, which was called ATAC a Yeah, Atac, And uh, they were they're quite a complex little system of pulleys and wheels and, and, and little uh, cogs that made these o- exhaust valves open on a, on a centrifugal kind of uh, monitoring or um, metering system. It was a good engine to rebuild. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, I finished now. You, you love that stuff, don't you? I love
1: that stuff. Yeah, I do. Yeah. If yeah. anyone who spends any time with James, this is the kind of stuff he talks about. And it I is, love the mechanical. And I love the so mechanical stuff
0: about the modern bikes. You know, I love yeah, keeping in touch yeah. with who's doing what, and yeah. you know, the fact that now a lot of riders are going for it. Right. The the traditional place for a rear brake is right foot. Yeah, we yeah. all know that. Yeah. Right. So you change gear with your left foot. Yep. Yeah. You brake with your, your rear brake your right foot. Yeah your throttle on your right hand, your front brake on your right hand, clutch, left hand. Yeah. Then, because doing hurt himself and couldn't use his right foot for the rear brake, and it was important on the 500s back then because they have no engine braking into the corners, so they tended to mm. use a bit of rear brake, he had a thumb brake, a thumb rear brake. Lots of riders then jumped on that and that's been the sort of, um, the standard. You'd have, sometimes you'd have a rear brake lever on your right foot and uh, a left thumb underneath the handlebar. The reason you couldn't use left fingers is because you need that for your clutch. And sometimes yeah. you need it at the same time. Nowadays, because all these bikes are electronically very advanced and they've got what's called an auto-blipper, so once you set off from the line, you don't use your clutch again the whole race. Going up the gearbox, it's got what's called a quick shifter. You just hit the lever and it goes bur burr by cutting the ignition system. But now they've got auto-blippers that align the speeds of the different gear shafts within the engine mm. so that you just have to bang the lever Uh, with your foot, and it changes down automatically as well. So, that means, for the most part of the race, after you've set off, your left hand is now free for another use. So, people are now using, about half the paddock, as using a right, left hand, finger, not thumb, rear brake.
1: Okay, so So, so this—that's why you see Jonathan Ray forward. for one with two levers: yeah. clutch high, yeah. rear mm. brake low mm. on your fingers. So it's not one of the ones you're pushing forward
0: with your thumb; you're pulling, pulling it in, back, and it's a lot back. easier. Just like anybody who's uh, ridden a bicycle or a scooter would would understand. Uh, and they say it's a lot easier to use. Not tried it yet myself, uh, but it makes more sense to me than the thumb-operated yeah. yeah. one.
1: Yeah, um, and Jonathan Ray. Was chatting to him about this in Jerez, actually back in January because like you say, it was new yeah. for him this year. And yeah, it makes sense, doesn't it? Even to me. Yeah, and, and you know, and in a right-handed corner, when you right foot stuck underneath the bike, you, you can't, can't use a rear brake. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we can now. Yeah, exactly. So we can use it to pivot the bike round more from the yeah, rear. Yeah, and,
0: and turn it in the corner, stop a bit of wheelie, whatever, yeah. whatever, you know. Uh, and it makes a lot of sense. Um you can tell the bikes now that have the left hand finger. Rear brake because they must then run. If they run that system, they've got to run a brake protector on both front brake right, right yeah. hand yeah. and rear brake left hand. Right. So if you spot them going down the straight on TV and they've got a uh, they've got a protector on
1: that lever on the left hand, mm. that means they're running a, a a rear brake on their left fingers. Talking of the brake protector, when we were commentating on that three hundred race at the end of the afternoon today, Sunday, for anybody who's listening, do you remember at one point I said? I think Thomas Brianti just waved Mica Perez through. I still think I'm pretty sure I saw it, but I am wondering now if at the top of the screen it was actually Brianti's brake protector had possibly been pushed down. Which often happens, doesn't it, in that yep. class? Or oh, not brake protector? It would be the clutch, wouldn't it, on that side? Yeah. I don't know whether that might have been that actually, and I mistook it for his hand. I'll Have to watch your back and have a look. But either way, they're often knocked. They're usually knocked up, aren't they? And we see that often in the 300 category. Yeah, and they're I bumping mean they, into each other. They started having
0: brake protectors on the handlebars uh, a few years ago, and then they became uh, they became
1: mandatory. Uh, well, I for, remember sorry, oh. I remember Watanabe um, in Moto Three. Texas, uh, 13. I was working in Dornier at the office. <laughs> somebody just touched him on that long back straight in Austin, Texas. Yeah, and he just put the front brake and went straight, straight over the, the bars top, at high speed. Yeah, you've you no terrifying. idea what
0: the what people think if somebody going along hundred miles an hour reached across from another bike
1: and grabbed your front brake. What people like Romano Finati?
0: Yeah, but you, you, when <laughs> when you don't understand how much grip you've got, sometimes yeah. you think. The uninitiated would think that that would lock the front wheel. It'd slide out and you'd have what's called a low slider, like a low slider, a front end slide off, like you would have going into a corner. Yeah. But actually, these things have so much grip, especially in dry conditions, warm tyres and everything else been up to speed. The, the when the front wheel locks, weight transfers to the front, and the whole thing tends to pivot around the front wheel, so you don't re- almost like a stoppie that keeps going.
1: It's a bit like on your bicycle when you're coming correct. down a hill and you don't yeah, put correct. your rear exactly brakes. I yeah. remember my brother doing that once, and it was quite funny actually, straight over the handlebars. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bit not, not nice at
0: 120 mile an hour.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the difference, obviously. Yeah. yeah,
0: terrifying. If you've not seen uh, top rack glues uh, kind of stoppies, and mm-hmm. and and uh, kind of trick bike riding I'd call it uh, you've got to see it yeah. it's, it's out there on social on yeah. YouTube etc I mean it's one thing to be on a paddock scooter doing sort of 10 mile an hour uh, 6 foot diameter circles on the back wheel that's difficult enough but to have the pressure of doing a sort of 60-mile-an-hour stoppy when he puts it up into pit lane to come all the way down pit lane on the front end with the bike nearly vertical right on the balance point. And then as the bike slows down still on the front wheel (laughs) and it gets down to about 15 miles an hour, he steers it still on the front end so that the bike plops down at no miles an hour, stood still, pointing towards the garage. That is unbelievable. I mean, I love my stoppies. I'm still reasonably good at them. But would I try it in front of the assembled... Uh, media and paddock in front of everybody in pit lane. Nah, not at all. <laughs> it
1: could go so catastrophically yeah. wrong. I was. That's just made me get thinking about turning circles. You know, generally, James and I, by the way, this weekend have been sharing an Opel or a Vauxhall in the UK mocker rental car, which had a turning circle of about three postcodes long and nearly went off the road didn't we at one point on a roundabout but um what about bikes what about the turning circles of bikes Which generally are the best and which are the worst i know uh, it's different to a car obviously but
0: yeah i mean racing bikes uh, don't need much of a a, a steering lock at all mm. because you you do all your turning in a race situation by way of leaning really you need yeah. some steering yeah. obviously yeah. but but you don't need a lot and I've, I've actually even had it where you get a really uh, tight airpin at some of the smaller British circuits. a place called Scarborough uh, on so Oliver's Mount Circuits at Scarborough on the yep. uh, Yorkshire coast there in East Yorkshire. And it's they've got three airpins on that track. And if you don't have enough lock, you can't get around them because you're going really slow and you need that lock. Mm. And I've, I've seen people get to that corner... To fall, one of the, and just fall over. Fall over. I mean, yeah. It, it, yeah. albeit 10 miles an hour, not dangerous, <laughs> must feel uh, but yeah, it's, it's really embarrassing. Yeah, <laughs> have you done it? Yeah, I've done it only because I fitted the steering damper wrong. I had loads of, that was limited, the steering damper was limiting the lock, so I had loads of lock one way, none the other. Yeah. Got to the right hand but it's a left hand circuit, is Oliver's mount. Yeah, um, and just yeah, crashed off the thing. Yeah, not, um, in fact, uh, the big meeting there is coming up uh, in a couple of weeks. On the 12th and 13th of September. It's the Gold Cup meeting. Brilliant. And they are allowing, I hear, a limited amount of people in. So if you want to go buy tickets online, it's a great little place. And it's a great town. Yeah, proper old school uh, British seaside
1: town it is. I've never been to Scarborough. Yeah, been. brilliant. Is it place. narrower than Cadwell? Is it a it's lot narrower? It's narrower than anywhere. <laughs> really? It really is? <laughs> yeah, it's narrow, yeah. What was that place we were talking about where our journo um, friend Gordon Richie used to race in uh, that's, Scotland? Uh, that's
0: called Beveridge Park and that's in a place uh, called Kakode. And uh, I've, I've, I've been up there to see where they used to race. And basically racing around a municipal park, flower beds and everything and trees. and the, uh, That was narrow, but the most uh, interesting feature or the scariest feature was the crown in the road. It's about probably 10 feet wide, the road, that's all. And it had a crown of about a foot. So it's like riding on a, on a kind of massive hump the whole way around. You don't heroic. want to
1: drop onto the wrong
0: side of that because there's no camber <laughs> helping
1: you. And just while we're talking about that, what was the other place you talked about the other day We did in Park. Wales? Was that the one in Wales? Park. Yeah, they still Park. race at yeah. Aberdeer. Yeah, wow. Yeah, brilliant
0: wow. P- the, all these places are perhaps not the right place to race a, you know, 220 horsepower mm. superbike, bike, but, uh, you know, a Moto3 bike or a 250 or, you know, they, 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 still, they still run at these places. You can race anywhere.
1: What we need to do with, we were doing this over dinner the other night when we We were going through all the countries that James has been to around the world and going through all the different tracks. We, Do you know how many circuits in total you've ever ridden or raced at? Loads, but I wouldn't have said it were any
0: more than what most international Mm, racers have raced at. I would, however, say that I got a good time in it. It was, if you like racing at different circuits, which I did, I got a really good time because my time in, in international racing spanned, you know, these circuits that are now considered not fit yeah. for international
1: racing. you understand yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, so, yeah, because some of them, them have like, been taken away or yeah, or Assen's now old, been shortened, but you got to go exactly, on the other the one. the old Assen,
0: yeah. the old Bruneau, the old uh, Hockenheim, and that's gone. I you know. can't really say That's that, the, They, they, they broke that it up. up soon after, didn't they? Yeah, they dug Tradition it straight up. It they was, can tragedy. never go back to that one. No way. The yeah. old Zeltweg, uh, you know... Uh, Places like Ring. Salzburg Ring, Salzburg Ring, yeah, wow. I've raced at all them and and now and a lot spa? of those circuits. Done spa? Spa's brilliant, Spa's fantastic, mate. You you are I mean, so lucky, actually. Yeah, but I, I felt you this was nothing I did. Yeah, I was just lucky to be in it at a time when we still raced
1: at those places. Yeah. And, and then you've done Kirkston on the roads and the Isle of obviously. Yeah, Kirkston's not road. Kirkston's yeah. uh, an old. So Airfield. it is, isn't it? Yeah, old. Sorry, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, there's just loads. I mean, what about Silverstone? What was that like when you first went there? Because that's changed possibly more than any other circuit. Yeah, Silverstone. Silverstone
0: for a long number of years, perhaps 40 years, was mm. just the old perimeter track yeah, of the yeah, old yeah, 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 yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. World War II airfield. It used to go down to Beckett's and it was yeah. a, a right-left onto Hanger Street. It wasn't right-left, right-left like it is now. It was unbelievably fast. Yeah. Yeah, and that made for good
0: racing because people could slipstream each other. And yeah. you like Monza. Yeah. Mon- you know, Monza was brilliant. Hockenheim was brilliant. Packs of four and five riders all together. Yeah. It is a fact that places like Monza and Hockenheim... When you're doing the best part of 200 miles an hour, six inch from the rider in front, who's six inch in front of the rider in front of him, uh, or behind the rider in front of him, it has an inherent danger. Yeah. The speed brings an inherent danger. Yeah. But was it good to ride? Bloody right it was. It's been bloody awesome to ride, to be honest. Yeah. Those super sport races at Monza
1: and Hockenheim. He's brilliant. Cool.
0: I once in a super sport race at Monza, and I'd, I'd not look back, I'd got from my team manager for looking back so I hadn't looked back oh really we had so, about three laps to which team ago. manager was
1: that out of interest uh,
0: that was a guy called Mayo Merigali oh that was Merigali he was now Yamaha's yeah. MotoGP team yeah, manager yeah, yeah. and a brilliant bloke yeah and he said don't look back you're looking back all the time don't look back so I didn't look back with about three laps to go and I knew I was in a group of at least four because I'd seen three other people because he'd passed me and I'd passed them right yeah look back and saw like 15 <laughs> people really oh god at least Whoa. 10 God. And I thought, oh, God, here we go. Uh, were you in the lead at that point? No, we were in, I was in the leading bunch, yeah. I finished second to a guy called Paolo Casale.
1: Okay, yeah. Who, again,
0: yeah. was another... He was on Ducati, but he became my team mate the following year. Brilliant bloke. a lovely, lovely
1: fellow. He Cazone. was the first World Championship... Well, the first uh, champion when it became a World Series in 97. From a European Series, yeah. yeah. Great bloke. Cassidy. Fantastic bloke. Very passionate. He's still a, he, is he still working in racing? What's he up no, to No, no, I don't know what he's doing, actually. I, I keep in touch with me on...
0: Uh, Social. Yeah. Uh, um, I I sent him a picture of my Belgada bike in my house and said, I've still got this old girl. And he sent me a picture of his in his house. He says, yeah, so have I. (laughs) Oh, wow, wow. That's nice, isn't
1: it? Well, if if any of you want to tweet us at JimWit69 and Greg Haynes TV with a prediction of how many tracks you think James has ever ridden on or And we'll work it out for you. Yeah. For tests or races. Um, Let's just say that you've done at least one lap on any of these tracks. We'll work it out. I reckon there's going to be Oh, it must be getting on for at least 100, mustn't it? Surely. Uh, nah, not 100. It'd be quite a lot, Do you not though. think?
0: Nah, it be quite has got a to lot, be around forget, 80, though, at least. Yeah, be a, well, a well, we'll to, yeah. And I've enjoyed most of them. Some of them are uh, well dodgy. We'll, They've got... we
1: we'll have to talk about that Suzuki as well, yeah. have, a,
0: have a, a test track in Japan next to the Hamamatsu factory called Ruyo. Uh, RYO, I think. Anyway. Mm. Yeah. And what I didn't know is they sent us out with not a lot of, by way of instruction, the back straight has the normal tarmac, and it's a normal circuit that you can test that with a road race bike. But what I didn't understand is if you run <laughs> offline on the main street, they've got every single surface. They've got bumpy tarmac uh, on really? purpose. Oh that's interesting. They've got cobbles. Oh okay. They've got big rollers, just so they can test every <laughs> single situation. I <laughs> they didn't understand problems. that. They didn't tell and you. I'm saying, Christ, if you run offline on that straight, it's be flipping bumpy as hell in <laughs> yeah, cobble- Correlation cobble. It's cause we need it bumpy, because we have to <laughs> test bikes that, you know, we sell on the road. So
1: yeah. <laughs> I suppose. Good. I suppose it's actually quite. That's quite a good idea, actually. Well, but, um, yeah, yeah, but a bit dangerous if you. They also know. had a, a section of that track that they could.
0: They had. They had um, a spray system, mm. so they could they ah, could water clever, the track, so they clever, could test clever. in a wet and they yeah. could test
1: every kind of eventuality track wise, you know, surface wise. I would be pretty sure that um, Paul Ricard's got that now because that's really modern, isn't it? The yeah, way it is. That. Yeah,
0: and and uh, they make a lot of tires in in France. Mm, yeah, and they got yes. to test them somehow. Yeah. So, what you need. Is uh, a t- to go on a tyre test where they test wet tyres and they actually encourage you to go as fast as you can till you crash. That's a difficult one.
1: That's an absolute. <laughs> that hard must
0: job. be completely against your instinct. Yeah, normally they give you a bike that's got these outriggers, so you can't really <laughs> crash. But still, your brain is uh, telling you oh, it's gonna hurt. So they're yes. like stabilisers on a bicycle. Yeah, basically. just like big outriggers. So when you fall over, it only falls to a certain angle. Yeah. Oh, that must feel yeah. a bit weird. Anyway, though. Yeah, but you can't tell your
1: brain to try and crash. Your brain won't do it. A little trip's. Well, of goes, course it doesn't. No, they're. you lunatic. Yeah. <laughs> what, are you, yeah. what are you doing? It's like when David Jason famously fell through the bar and he had to, you know, and he had to get And he couldn't right. sound save himself. Exactly. Yeah. But he did it so well, didn't yeah, he? Because did, yeah. normally you put your yeah. hand down, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> just before we sign off then, uh, Jeffrey Boy. talking of Del Boyce, Jeffrey Boyce did very well, didn't he, with a double in Sport 300, yeah. leads the World Championship. As for Andrea Locatelli in the 600 class, I mean, he might as well be in another category at the He's, moment.
0: For me, Locatelli's in another category. Uh, league uh, what we've got here is a situation where a man's coming from an ultra competitive championship in his case it's uh, Moto3 and 20,
1: he's dominated a class that
0: isn't now as competitive as what it used to be that's how I see it mm. but not only that he's on the best bike uh, he's got the best team behind him and he is definitely without shadow the best rider and that's all having its um, effect yeah nobody's going to touch him this year I know I listen I know People keep saying, yeah, but Bautista led by 100 points <laughs> last year and, and he didn't win the championship. He fell apart. He said, I can't see no, it happening for Locatelli. He's can't. not been pushed to the extent
1: that he needs to be pushed. Because if he's sensible, even if he does have a difficult race, he's not, you know, if he keeps it on the island, he's probably still going to be second or he third. He could finish he, to be honest. third or fourth in every single
0: round that's left yeah. and I reckon still win this championship. Yeah. And for him to finish out the top three in this championship, given the form we've seen him on now and the ability he's got... You'd have to chop a limb off him.
1: Oh, you'd have to be. And I'm not recommending that. Okay. It's against <laughs> that, the rules. I think because people have been saying, "Oh, what's he got on that bike?" The only thing you could take off the bike to stop it winning is the rider at the moment because he just makes, can't.
0: Listen, just, if, if they think that,
1: right? Yeah, I know it's not. If they if, think what? It's illegal. If, if they
0: say that bike is it, there's a fairly strict, a very strict yeah. set of regulations, yeah. and some people who know how to enforce those regulations at World Superbike, Right? Mm. We know Scott Smart. He's a clever lad, yeah. and he doesn't like cheats. So. You put your money down. You go and put, I don't know how much it is these days. It's a few quid. Mm. You put it down and you get that bike stripped and checked electronically and mechanically. you
1: lodge your protest. Yeah,
0: you don't keep whinging and then not get it
1: stripped. Well, like you say, it's almost, but it is literally put your money where your mouth is, isn't it, it? really? Yeah. Put your deposit in. You get your deposit back anyway, don't you, if they're found to be Yeah, you don't get it back if it's it's clean. Yeah, Yeah. but, if you're so absolutely convinced they're cheating, why would you... Well, Shaky and James Hayden said this this weekend, didn't You they? don't sure. keep whinging and not do mm. all about it, mm. right? My dad said it right. You yeah. a <laughs> to get off the pot. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. yeah, that's fair enough. And to be fair, nobody's lodged a protest, no. have they? Surprise, surprise. No. Just before we sign off, um, obviously we talked a lot there about Aragon. Back there this weekend. Yep. However, you obviously will be at Silverstone BSB by the looks of things. Yep. Is it fair to say there's quite a lot of pressure on McCam's Yamaha to have a good weekend? Yeah, it is. Uh, they've been seen as
0: a championship with various riders, championship uh, front runners, and possible winners for a few years. Um, it, it's, to be fair, British championships are all to play for. Yeah. I'm really impressed with the way that new Honda Fireblade's going in Britain. Less technical rules in Britain. I think that's why they've hit the ground a little bit uh, faster than they have in World Superbike. Mm. Uh, I think that bike's a good bike and I think they've got some cracking riders on it, and I think they've got sure. riders in the Irwin boys that have gelled with that bike. It's not just a case of giving. You can give the best rider the best bike, technically, and he mm. doesn't gel with it and doesn't win. Them boys have gelled with that bike. Uh, it seems they can ride it the way they want to do. The team's in a cracking job of getting it out of the box and having it competitive straight away, albeit within a less technical championship in BSB. Um, but, yeah, they—they—they're they, now. I see them now as the team
1: to beat, yeah. Even the stock thousand class in BSB, have you seen Honda's how quick it is? is that stock thou? Well, it's interesting oh, when there's no Ducati in the class, it just pulls ahead of everything on the straight. The, the, the yeah, uh, with, with Tom, Tom Neave on board Neve, yeah. in the stock
0: thou class at Snetterton, the speed trap times were exactly the same as their superbike down the really? other well, straight. Well, actually, to be impressive. fair,
1: well, to be fair, Glenn Irwin at Snetterton, didn't he last time out a couple of weekends ago? Now, he said. This Honda Superbike is pretty much to the stock bike at the moment. It's a yep. bit worrying for everybody else, The stock bike
0: is quick. Yeah. Honestly, I looked at the, I do me sort of due diligence after a meeting. I see who's doing what. Sometimes you can look at the speed track times, the lap by laps, as you do. Yeah. Uh, the lap by laps, and you can sort of pick the bones out of that, and you can spot a sort of trend or see something that's happened that you wouldn't necessarily see on TV. Mm. And um, yeah, that bike as quick. As a stock bike, it's a quick machine.
1: Well, it's Monday the 31st of August today as this podcast goes out. We'll be back with another one next week, Monday the 7th of September. 7th of September? How can it be September this week? Oh, that's my day after my birthday when I'm going to be 21 again. I know. It's incredible. Yeah, James (laughs) Whittam's... Bombard bombarding, please, everyone, with tweets this coming Sunday. James Whittam, birthday. It's on my phone. The 6th of September. Let the abuse commence. And the uh... You know what you've done there. (laughs) nineteen ninety. Six, your birth year wasn't it? Ish, he <laughs> had a six in <laughs> it. Certainly did, it certainly did. Thanks, James, for everything this weekend. It's been, Cheers, a, it's been a good weekend, hasn't it? Aragon World Superbikes? bikes. It's um yeah, it has, it's a yeah. great championship this year.
0: Yeah, and 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 uh, James Aiden got it right in the studios uh, that the lead for the world championship swapped three times in one meeting. I don't think we've ever had that before. Well, we have not because we've never had rarely till the last couple of years have we had three True. meetings, uh, three True. races in a True. weekend. Yeah. Yeah, one three. rider let it going into the meeting. Another
1: rider took control. The first rider took yeah, control again, and now it's three times in one meeting. So it's Brilliant. gone. It's gone from Ray to Reading to Ray to Reading back to Ray again. Yeah. You've got that right. Yeah, <laughs> something like that, isn't that's it? What, yeah. That's what. Yeah, that's what. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. There you go. The uh, as you said at the end of the commentary on Saturday, the pendulum continues to swing, and I've got a feeling it might carry on doing that next weekend. We'll see what happens. James, uh, I'll watch out for you on the screens from Silverstone. And uh, I don't know I'm going to see you again, by the way, because I'm not at any BSB, so have a good Christmas. Have a good birthday and have a good Christmas as well. Cheers, buddy. Thanks, Greg. Later.